All right, it's time to get busy tonight. Let's go. Yo, isn't this crazy? Like, I was just talking to my sister over there, and she was like, I came in here expecting to see like 30 people. Because it's like Good Friday. Like, when you think of the Good Friday services, most churches you go to, it's the, it's the Bible study crowd. It's the crowd that's, you know, the Bible study crowd. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's like a third of the people and whatnot. Would you just look around real quick? Like, isn't this crazy? Right? And like, and like so, so the 30 people Bible study crowd is the natural. This is like the supernatural. God is doing something tonight that I don't even know what he wants to do. I just want to get out of his way and let him do it. So I want to give it up for those who are in the room after a long week on your spring break. After a long day, you clocked out and you still came here. And if you're online, what's up, Kim? What's up, Esther? What's up, Martin? Give it up for the online community as well, right? Right? God is on the move. So let's just kick it off with some prayer. Let God get in front of us. And let's jump into the word on this Good Friday. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be here this evening in your presence. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be here presenting your word to these people. Father, remove me and let them see all of you and all of the work your son did on that beautiful cross. Father, touch our hearts in ways we've never been touched before. Father, speak a word to us on this Good Friday. That's not, that's not something that we've just heard before, but to hear you and to see you and to see your son in new ways. Father, that's what we're asking for tonight, and I thank you once again, Father, because I know you're the ones that nudge the people to come here. You're the ones that put them online, and so we know that this is all you. May we just enjoy what you have for us. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So look, my name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm one of the pastors here at Mercy Road. I do this thing every time, whether it's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. I say, good morning, Mercy, or good evening, Mercy Road. And when I say good evening, you say good evening, Rashad. Now, here's the thing. There's some rebellious people in the, in the crowd who are going to call me radish. Don't join them, okay? That's just what they do. I don't know why they do it, but it makes us have to do it twice. So no matter how good you do it this first time, get ready for the second time. Good evening, Mercy Road. Good evening, Rashad. I heard it. I heard it. I heard radish, and I heard Richard. So we're going to do Rashad, okay? Rashad, one more time, but I want you to be as loud as you can. And I do this because I want to know that your energy's in the room. I want to know that you're ready for the Word of God. This is not for me. I'm about to give you all of me. I just want to know that you're in here with me so that you, you're, like, give me all your attention so that we just look at the Word of God and we get excited about this thing, right? Because God's about to talk to us. He's about to actually talk to us. This is a living Word. It's alive. We're about to look at a familiar Scripture the way we've never seen it before, so let's let him talk to us. Good evening, Mercy Row. Oh, yeah, that's it right there. So here we are. It is Good Friday, and we're coming out of Palm Sunday's message from Kathy. If you weren't here Sunday, Kathy landed on Jesus being, I mean, looking over Jerusalem at the triumphal entry, right? He comes in on the animal of peace, the donkey. He's the prince of peace. He comes to the city of peace, and he looks over that city and starts to weep, starts to sob tears. Why? Because he looks over that city and says, if only you knew the things that make for peace. They were screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. They were saying, blessed 
is the, is, is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were having this parade for him, and he's weeping. Why? Because they saw his miracles and thought he was going to do another miracle and conquer their oppressors in that moment. And, and, and so they're screaming, and they're going, hey, he's going to bring peace by conquering the government. But it turns out that's not what he was there to do. And so he weeps because true peace is right in front of them. True peace is right there by them, and they can't even see it. And I'm, let me tell you something, man. I know what that's like. I don't know about y'all. Anybody got kids or been a kid? I think everybody been a kid, right? Yeah, okay, everybody been a kid, right? When I was a kid, I'll never forget, mama, mama, if you just get me that thingamajigger, right? Like, whatever that thing was in the moment that I needed, because if I had that thing, I had peace, right, brother? Like, if I had that thingamajigger, whatever that thingamajigger was, it gave me peace. If you just give me that, you ain't got to give me no more gifts, no more presents, nothing for my birthday. This is birthday. This is Easter. This is Christmas. This is all I want. And then mama would buy it. And then, like, three months later, that, that ain't doing it no more. I ain't got no peace, right? Right? Or better yet, some of us are big kids, right? Any big kids in here? I'm a big kid. I see a couple big kids out here. I'm a big kid. You can ask my wife. Brittany! That's my wife. Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. PlayStation 5 comes out. Oh, Brittany. You don't understand. If you get me this PlayStation 5, if you get me this PlayStation 5, let me just tell you something. It's going to change my life. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better pastor, better preacher. It's the PlayStation 5. You just got to get it for me. So my wife... Did her thing. She's up and she's like, you know, on the computer and making sure she gets in line. And she got me a PlayStation 5. Yeah. So I got my PlayStation 5, right? And then I moved, you know, I mean, they moved, but I came to this church. I'm getting in the groove of things, so I don't really have time to play it yet. But when I finally got time to play it, I sat down. And I thought when I was going to press the button, Mama C, I was going to press the button. It was going to be like, dun, 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 right? It did the same thing the PlayStation 4 did. Beep. <laughs> Beep. You ain't supposed to be beeping. It's supposed to bring my peace. It's supposed to be my thing, right? And so I press it. It's just a beep. But here's the thing. I was like, that's all right. Because once I get to play this thing, Eric, it's going, man, my peace is coming, right? And so it turns on, and it turns on, and it's like updating. <laughs> How is the thing that I've placed my peace in need to update? <laughs> and by the time it got done updating, it was 6 o'clock the next morning. It's time for me to go to work, <laughs> Right? So even that didn't bring me any peace. But is this not us? When we sit here and think, if only we could get Trump back in office, we'd have peace. Uh-oh. If only we could get Biden into office and we voted for him, we could have peace. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If we put on our mask, if we take off our mask, if we get vaccinated, if we don't get vaccinated, and we place our peace in all these other things. And we let all these other things divide us, and none of it brings us to peace. Some of y'all became real good mathematicians when that stimulus check number came out, didn't you? I got five kids. That's 14, 28, 42. You start adding real quick, didn't you, right? Think it was going to bring you to peace. But then you went on that vacation, or you paid them bills, or whatever you had to do, and that money that came in real quick went out real quick. Where'd your peace go? Right? And we're looking for the things that make for peace and everywhere, but the thing that makes for peace, Jesus on the cross. And so I, I want to look at this scripture to explain the things that make for peace. And I want to talk to you about how we get access to those things that make for peace. And if you would just, just bear with me, just be with me. 
in this scripture. Like, you've heard it before, but just be with me tonight. All you theologians, I know there's so much more there, but just be with me tonight. All you who are like, I don't know, just be with me tonight. Just be with me tonight. Let's be together tonight so that we can hear about the things that make for peace. Amen? Amen. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 21. It's a very, very familiar passage. We're going to walk through this thing. And if you just give me a little bit of your time tonight, I think we will find the things that make for peace. Verse 14 says this. Paul says, for the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. You're like, man, how do you get a Good Friday text out of 2 Corinthians 5? I'm about to show you. You see, Paul looks at the cross. Paul looks at the love of Christ. Romans 5 says that the love of Christ is this, that you and I and you and you and I, I got to keep pointing back to me because y'all already mad at me, so I'm going to keep pointing to me too, right? Look at this, look at this. It says that you were helpless. You were ungodly. You were a sinner in rebellion against God. You were his enemy. Spiritually, you were ISIS. And in that moment, in that moment, not when you got yourself together, not when you figured it out, but in that moment, Christ died for you. He demonstrated his love for you by dying for you in that moment at that time when you were that. Paul says, when I look at that, when I take the Lord's Supper, when I take the bread and the body in remembrance of him, when I look at that, it controls me. It motivates me, it moves me, and it manages me. It controls me. I no longer have control of myself. I look at that cross and everything I see on that cross for somebody who didn't deserve it, me, he died for me. And when I think of the love of Christ, it controls me. It takes over control. It compels me. Because I've come to this conclusion, y'all. This is what Paul said. He said, I concluded this, that when he died for all, all died in him. Think through this. Now, now, that first all, when he died for all, people argue, was that all, like all? Like, does all really mean all? Y'all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> or, or is that all some? Well, the first all, I, I don't even want to get on that yet. But if you just go to the second all, we know all haven't died. So that all that he's talking about in that second all, that second all is only those who have died with him. And he says, he says, look, at, look what he says. He says, and he died for all, verse 15, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So let me just give you the one statement, and it just came to me in the last couple of days, so you ain't going to have no slide for this. I'm sorry. It just happened, or I had to turn my slides in on Tuesday, okay? <laughs> good Friday is not good if only Christ died and you didn't. I need y'all to eat that. Good Friday is not good if only Christ died and you didn't. This is what the text is telling us. See, the love of Christ can't control you if you are still in control. 
And the only way that you're not in control is if you die. So Good Friday is not good if only Christ died and you didn't. In fact, that's the access to the things that make for peace. Look at this, y'all. On Tuesdays, right? On Tuesdays, as a staff here at Mercy Road, we have our staff meeting, okay? At our staff meeting, we have all the prayer requests that you send in. We split them up among us, and we pray as a staff over each prayer request. We sincerely do that. We go over, like, um, they do this thing, like, for the win. I still don't know what that really is yet. And um, they talk about this other stuff, like, the, the, the direction we're going next and, you know, what what things we need to change and what we can do better and how we're doing in our areas of ministry. And every now and then, Pastor Josh, our lead pastor, he's like, hey, um, let, me, let me educate you on some things. And I always feel like he's talking to me because it's usually something I'm not doing. He don't know that. Well, I guess he know that now. But here we go. Here we go, right? Here we go. Check this out. Check this out. And so a couple weeks ago, he was talking about our benefits as a part of a staff, right? He said, hey, guys, we got this, and this is my fault. That's my Josh voice. He was, he, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. We, y'all know how Josh is, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'm back. I'm back. He, he said, hey, guys. Hey, guys. We got this uh, 401k or 403b. It's one of the fours in a letter, right? Like 400-something in a letter. It's a retirement thing, right? And my wife does all that stuff, right? Yeah. It's like a 401k, 403b. And he's like, hey, if you pay into it, we will match it up to so much. And he said, some of you aren't taking advantage of the benefit. So the benefit is not a benefit if you don't take advantage of the benefit, right? If you don't die, any benefit of the cross is not a benefit. Good Friday is not good if only Christ died and you didn't. There's no benefits of it for you. And that's what he's saying. He says, hey, the love of Christ controls me because I died when he died, when he died on Good Friday, I died on Good Friday. So what happened? Look at this. Therefore, verse 16. Therefore means based on what I just said. Based on what I just said in verses 14 and 15 that the love of Christ controls me. I died when he died. So therefore, because of that, from now on, from when on, from Good Friday on, from the moment I died with him on, from the moment I called him Lord, meaning obedience, meaning he's in control, and Savior, meaning he died for my sins. From the moment I called him Lord and Savior, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. You see that? From now on, because I've died, the way I see people looks different. These are some of the things that make for peace. I have new eyes. Kevin, I got new eyes, bro. I don't see you the way I used to see you before I died in Christ. Think about this. And this is where we love to run as Christians to avoid stuff and say, see, see, Sean, I don't see color. That's not what the text says. The text says the value that we place on the colors that we see are not the values that the world places on them. The values that I place on your geographic location are not the values that the world places on you. So if you live in a trailer park, you're not trailer park trash to me. If you live in a hood, you're not a hood rat to me. Where you live doesn't determine your value to me because I don't judge you the way the world judges you. I see you differently. I see you how Christ saw you and he decided to die for you. But I can't see that if I haven't died. If I look at you as a white woman, as a white man, I'm looking for somebody black, black person, right? Like, like, like I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, right? If I, if I see you and then I place value on you based on your color, whether I overvalue you or undervalue you, 
I've missed it. I haven't died. I'm still seeing you according to the flesh. Not their flesh, but the flesh. Do you see this in the text? This is a Good Friday message. I ain't political. This is a Good Friday message. And look what Paul says when he says it. Look at this. Look at this. I ain't got to force it up to here, y'all. Look at this. He says, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Paul is saying this. When I knew Christ according to the flesh, guess what I did, Eric? This is what I did. I used to kill those who believed in him. I used to hold the coats while they stoned him. Why? Because he was just a teacher, a heretic, a rabbi, a this or that. But when he came to Damascus Road and knocked me out, and I saw him for who he was in all of his glory, now I'm willing to die for him because I see him for who he is now. This is what he's saying about the new eyes. Man, y'all think I would be here preaching to y'all? You think I'd be here preaching to y'all if I couldn't see you with the eyes of Christ? I'd be at Tiki Bob's. <laughs> Have a nice day. Slippery noodle. I keep going. I'm telling my business now, right? Like, I would have, the only comfort I would have been looking for before Christ is Southern comfort. You feel me? But with these new eyes, now that I have died, I couldn't wait to get here. Ask people, I was like, I got the bubble because they're like, you nervous? Like, you scared? I was like, no, 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 like, like, like I'm so excited to tell people what the word says because I, I see these souls. And I see people who may be cheering for God, who may be cheering for Christ, but still don't know that he is the thing that makes for peace. So I can't wait to tell them about the thing that makes for peace because I see you differently. So that's why I'm here tonight. That's why I'm here on Saturday and Sunday, and that's why I give up my time to study the Word, because I see Him differently. When I look at the Word, it used to look like mumbo-jumbo, whatever mumbo-jumbo is, right? <laughs> but when I look at it now, it is the living Word of God. It has transformed my life. It has changed every part of me. I am a better father because of His Word. I am a better husband because of his word. I can pastor because of his word. And I see you not like the world sees you. Because I see you with new eyes. But that can't happen if you haven't died. See, when you die, you get access to his regeneration. It makes you a new creation. His regeneration is our new creation. That's the first point. Man, just now getting to the first point. Okay. We're going to have to move a little bit here. My bad, y'all. I forgot we got little. You know what? We ain't got a service after this. Y'all might have to just walk with me a little bit. Y'all tell Josh I got the thumbs up. Online, I got the thumbs up, right? So look at this. He says, therefore. Once again, remember, when you see therefore, go back and see what it's there for, right? So, so because I got... New eyes because I've died, because I'm controlled by the love of Christ. It moves, it motivates, it manages me. Look at this. If anyone is in Christ, therefore, if anybody has died with him on Good Friday, he's a new creature. Not an old creature. He's a new creature. What does that mean? That means the old things have passed away. Passed away, a better word for that, died. The old things have died. Well, Rashad, doesn't that mean your color doesn't matter, your ethnicity doesn't matter? No, 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 no. The value, the old values that I placed on your ethnicity, your culture, your color, your demographics, your tax bracket, your education, all these things that divide us, those old values that I placed on that, they are dead to me. 
I see you the way that Christ sees you, and he died for you. He died for you. So, so your value is the blood of Christ to me. Doesn't that move you? Doesn't that motivate you? Doesn't that give you your boundaries on how you treat people, how you see people? Doesn't that level the playing field? Doesn't that make us equal when we realize that everybody in this room is a sinner? I don't care where you come from, and you need the same solution as me. And when I see you like that, I'm no longer in fear of you because you make more money than me. But I no, I no longer look down on you because you don't know as much Bible as me. I'm with you. Face to face, I see you the way he sees you because I'm now in him. I am a new creation. You don't scare me and I don't want to scare you. I don't want to scare you. And so the old things have passed away. Man, we got this fence, right? And it's, it was, it's rotted, y'all. Like, it's, it's a rotted fence. When we bought the house, we should have replaced it then. We didn't. So we got this rotted fence. And y'all know how windy it's been, Right? Just wind everywhere, right? My wife told me don't blow, and I, I did it anyway. Okay, so, so look, look, look. We got this rotted fence, and the wind blows, and, and part of the fence blew down with it, right? Part of the fence blew down with it, so we got this big gap in our fence. Some of y'all seen the pictures. We got this big gap in the fence. Now, what would it look like if I went over to the part that went down that's rotted, and I pressure washed it, and I, I stained it? I don't know these words. I'm learning them as I go. I don't... I don't, I don't do nothing with these hands, right? But I, what, what, I'm just being honest with you. What if I pressure washed it and then I stained it and made it look real nice and new and then put it back up? It's still rotted wood on the inside. See, that's what we do. See, God wants to make a regeneration, but we want to make a renovation. God gave me that this morning. He gave me that this morning. I ain't going to lie. Look, 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 God wants to make a regeneration. That's something new. But all we want to do is paint the outside, pressure wash the outside, and just make a spiritual upgrade of something that's already old, something that's bad. And so, therefore, we still see with old eyes. We still think with an old mind. The mind has not been renewed. Our heart has not been transformed because we're still thinking in the old ways that should have died away when you called them Lord and Savior. But let me tell you something. Good Friday is not good if only Christ died and you didn't. It's not. And so look at this. Look what, look. He says, old things have passed away, but new things have come. Verse 18. Now, all these things, what things? The new things. All these things. The new things are from God. Why? Because to make something new, he has to create it from nothing. Only God can take nothing and make something. See, whenever human beings try to make something new, we have to take something that already existed. So whenever we take something to make something new on our own, all we're really doing is taking something old and trying to make it new by combining it with this or changing. This is how you get all your false religions and your crazy doctrine and your crazy living and your crazy. We just try to transfer something over. God wants to regenerate he doesn't want to fix the old white man and the old black man. He wants to make a brand new man. You see that? He's not trying to bring old things together. He's trying to make something new. But that can't happen if we don't die. So he says this, these things are from God, uh-oh, who reconciled us. 
to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Whenever you see a word that many times in two verses, you know what that verse is about, right? Reconciliation. Now let me tell you something. We've hijacked that word as a culture. As a culture, all we're talking about because of all the things that have happened over the years, we say racial reconciliation. That's what our mission is. That's what we're out here to do. Let me, let me, get, let me get busy with you real quick, right? Reconciliation, if you just look at the etymology of the word, if you even look at the word in the Bible, right, it is to return something to its former good relationship. How can we have racial reconciliation in a country where we were never good to begin with? Somebody talk to me. We were never, how do you reckon, how do you make, again, reconciliate or conciliate? I don't even know what that other part is, but how do you, how do you, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting serious. Be serious. Come on. How do you, how do you make again a friendship or put back to friendship when we were never friends to begin with in this country? You cannot reconcile the way that we're trying to reconcile. So God says, in Christ, he's reconciling people to himself. Why? Because back in the garden, when we used to walk in the cool of the day with him, we were not enemies. We walked in the cool of the day with him. We walked in the cool of the day with each other, Adam and Eve, and God walked in the cool of the day, right? After the fall, after the fall, check this out. What happened? We became enemies because now it's the wife you gave me. And that's what we've been doing ever since. It's your fault and your fault. Anything goes wrong in our life, it's your fault and your fault. Your fault. You happy? <laughs> so listen, so, 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 so check this. Reconciliation, true reconciliation that we're looking for as a culture, as a community, as a country, happens in Christ. The things that make for peace happen in Christ. And so when we die, we get access to his reconciliation, which is our new relation. You see, I can make all the things in the world right for you. No more racial tension, all the money in the world, you and your, your spouse goes right and everything. You can have all this peace here on earth and you would still be in enmity with God. What kind of peace is that? What kind of peace is that? But... If I, if I see you and you and I have a problem because of, we're, we're already not dead, so we don't value each other the way that we should, if, if we both die in Christ and we become this new creation, this new thing, we, we have the same mind, the same spirit, the same vision, the same mission, the same heart. And so my, my question is, if this is the church, which is a body of believers who have died, then why are we so split? Because not everybody's died. Not everybody has died. And so Good Friday is not good if only Christ has died and you didn't. There's no reconciliation now because you haven't died and you still value people differently. I mean, let's get into it real quick. Let's get into it. This, this might hurt some of you, but I'm going to get it on all levels, right? All levels. Look at this. Somebody kneels during the flag. I'm a veteran. No, kind of. I went to the Navy. I'll put it like that, all right? <laughs> I stand for the flag because when I got done with boot camp, um, they played, I'm proud to be an American. I know that's not the national anthem, but it meant something to me. Like getting through boot camp meant something to me. Being a part of this country's military forces, it meant something. I was proud of that accomplishment, right? But when I, but, but, but when I look at the brother who's kneeling, 
for whatever reason he's kneeling, and I lower his value in my eyes because he's kneeling and because I have such a high value in the one that died for my country, instead of understanding that Christ died so that him and him could be reconciled to God, you see that? This is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is different. I'm sorry, but, but as much as I love my flag, I love my father more. You see that? And so I stand, but I don't hold him in lower value because he kneels. He's not lower to me because of that. In fact, the love of Christ moves, motivates, and manages me to go over there and find out what's really going on. And to hear him and to love him the way Christ died for me. Even if somewhere in the messed up mind, he's an enemy. Well, Christ died for his enemies and you were one of them. Do you see how this changes the way we walk? Do you see how this changes the way we live? Because we've died. We've died. I understand you got politics and preferences and prejudices and biases and all these things, but those died when Christ died on the cross. So now we have real relationship with him, and as a result, we have real relationship with each other. And look what it says right here. Look what it says. It says, therefore, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what an embassy is? Like, the U.S. embassy is in another country. It's supposed to be like a preview of America. And the people that work there are ambassadors who kind of represent America. We're not from here. And you keep fighting for here. But we're not from here. These churches, like this building, this should be an embassy, right? An embassy of the kingdom, a preview of heaven, so that when people come in here, they get a taste of eternity, right? And we should leave out of here. And when we're in our workplace, when we're at the gym, when we're at, <laughs> when, like, like, right, and I don't even lift right now, right? Like, all right, they're like, yeah, you're at the gym, sure, Rashad, right? No, no, but look, but look, we should be ambassadors of heaven. People should see us and see what reconciliation looks like. They should see what it looks like to love each other despite our individual uniqueness because we appreciate each other's uniqueness because I see you the way God sees you now. Now I can see, right? I was blind, but now I see. I actually see you. And so think about this. Like last Wednesday, me and my wife watched um, um, King Kong and Godzilla, right? Now look, I'm not a King Kong and Godzilla guy. That's just not me. I'm more of a Marvel dude, you know, I'm more of like a mystery. King Kong, Godzilla, that's not me. My wife likes stuff like that, right? She's like alligators and National Geographic, all that stuff, right? And, and, so, and so here's the thing, though. We saw the preview, and I was like, man, like that looks good, right? And so because the preview was so good, I had to watch the movie. We're supposed to be the preview that looks so good that people got to come and watch the movie, Right? Just, just, just Monday, uh, my sister Megan and Shalanda, some of y'all know Shalanda works, right, Pastor Shalanda, check it out. My sister Megan and Shalanda met at uh, this place in Brownsville called Best Friends Coffee and Bagels. Yeah, yeah, see she over there? Look, 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 this is, this is going somewhere. So I told them both, y'all need to get the rapping Rashad, right? Y'all laughing, but that's my sandwich, okay? It's my sandwich, it's my sandwich. Y'all think I'm playing? Y'all can go look it up right now. Well, not right now. But, but it, right, right, it's a real sandwich called the Rapper Rashad. Um, I, I just got great community with them. So they tried it, 
And when they got done, they became ambassadors of the rapper Rashad, right? <laughs> Amen, somebody, right? Megan's on Facebook. The rapping Rashad is good. Shalanda's in the office. That rapping Rashad, woo, child, right? <laughs> like, like, because they tasted it, and it tasted good to them, so they had to go tell somebody else about it. Man, what if we was tasting reconciliation with the Father? What if we was tasting reconciliation with each other? What if we actually was living this different dead life so that we was experiencing heaven right here on earth? Thy will be done as it is in heaven. What if that actually happened because we died to our old selves and we were living in the new? Do you know how people would be trying to get in here to get a taste of what we have? And here's the thing, y'all. When you look in heaven, when you get the peak of heaven from the Bible, Revelation 7, 9, John gives us a, a view of the Bible. This is how you know that we still see color even though we're in Christ. He says, I saw all nations, tongues, peoples, ethnos, ethnicities. So if we don't see color, then we ain't going to appreciate heaven for what it is. We have to see color. But you know what I didn't see? I didn't see a Kaepernick jersey. I didn't see a MAGA hat. I saw white robes. You understand where I'm going here? Because that old stuff has died. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not telling you what team to root for. Or what to, I'm saying those things, if they divide us, they got to go. Diversity is only dangerous when it won't die. So this is where we at. He looks here and he says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God we're making an appeal through us as if God looks at you and you and you and you. Aaron, he ain't looking at you. You, you, right? right? No, no, I love Aaron. I love Aaron. As if God through you is coming close to humanity and making an appeal. That, that word appeals like he comes close. He comes near. He comes beside you through us, through us. I haven't seen God. Have you seen me? He's in me. Wherever I go, the kingdom is near. Peace is near. Right? And it says, so, so, so we beg you. We beg you on behalf of Christ to what? Be reconciled to God. Because this is the thing that makes for peace. When's the last time you begged somebody? When was the last time you looked at somebody and you valued them so much, no matter what their demographic was, no matter what their education level was, and you valued them and you begged them? We don't get along. We don't vote the same. We don't look the same. We don't walk the same. We don't talk the same. But I just want you to have what I have. None of those things will matter if we both die, brother. None of those things will matter if we both die, sis. Like, it won't matter no more. And I'm begging you. I'm begging you to die with me. So that we can have each other in Christ. I'm begging you. What's the last time you begged? Because you know what? I'm begging you now. Just because you come into a church on a good Friday doesn't mean you've died. I'm begging you to die. Not only for our reconciliation, not only for our regeneration, but finally, here it is. Because God made him, Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. The last thing that makes for peace is his righteousness. His righteousness, which is our new designation. So we have his, 
We have his regeneration when we die. We have his reconciliation when we die. We have his righteousness because he died. You see on the cross, y'all? On the cross, he saw me. He saw Rashad Cunningham. He saw the man who cheated on his wife. He saw the alcoholic who had nothing to do with his daughter for the first five years of her life because he was too busy cheating on his wife. He saw the one that got kicked out the Navy. He saw the one that barely got out of high school. The one who, who broke every rule and all trust with his mama the one who did wrong by his family, the one who hated white people when he moved to Brownsburg because he didn't know who they were. But he also saw you, right? And I don't know, like you can look here and you can devalue me for those things, but you got some, some skeletons and you got some things in your closet too. And you know what, when he saw me, he saw you too. And whatever you scared to tell me, he already knew. And he saw your face when he looked at his son. He saw my face when he looked at his son. And the wrath that was stored up for me, he poured out on his son as a substitute for me. You ain't got to tell me who you are. He knows who you are. Because he saw you when he looked at the cross. And he poured everything that was meant for you on his son because he loves you. And so Paul looks at that cross and says, that is the cross that controls me. That's the reason I die. Because when he looked at me, forget God. When I look at myself, I wouldn't substitute nothing else. I deserve the wrath that went to Christ. But he poured that wrath out on his son. He poured it out on his son, his only begotten son. He poured wrath out on him that was meant for you. Why? Why? So that if you just die, if you just die with him, if you just receive the benefit of the cross, if you just let go of control, if you just stop trying to build on your own foundation, if you just let go of your preferences, if you just let go of your biases and the th your material, if you just let go, you will stand before God. And when he looks at you, he won't see your past. He won't see your sins. He won't see your prejudices. He won't see your bias. He will only see his perfect son. Because we become the right standing. We become the perfect standard of God in Christ. If you won't die, what you're telling me is that you want to stand before a holy God as an imperfect person by yourself instead of standing in Christ to where he doesn't see you because he sees his son. You can't say you're covered in the blood if you haven't died so you could be covered in the blood. So this is what I'm asking you on Good Friday. Will you die? Will you let go of the old foundation that you continue to build on that you know doesn't stand a chance when you stand before a holy God? I've been building and building. Everything I look at I think is going to bring me peace. My mama had cancer. 
God, I will have peace if you just remove the physical. She gets rid of cancer. Found out a couple days ago, my mama got cancer again. Where's the peace? It's in the fact that she has a firm foundation in Christ. I had a child. I have a beautiful child. My daughter, Genesis. But when I married my wife, I thought we was going to have a big old family. Turns out we lose a son. And then we lose the ability to have children. Where's the peace? It's on the firm foundation of Christ. You see, this is what happens, y'all. We place our peace in expectations. And then when Christ doesn't meet those expectations, we crucify him in our lives. Instead of crucifying the expectation. I'm not negating your pain. I'm not minimizing your suffering. What I'm saying is if you really want the thing that makes for peace, you will stop building on the foundation of things that can be taken from you. That job can be taken from you. Those materials can be taken from you. That relationship can be taken from you. All those expectations can be taken from you. The only thing that is constant and is a firm foundation is Jesus Christ. So as we close out, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make a decision with me because let me tell you something, y'all. I'm not here for your entertainment. I'm not up here to dance for you. I'm trying to edify you as my brothers and sisters because I want this to be a place where people see a glimpse of heaven. And they can't see a glimpse of heaven if we don't die and start loving each other in a supernatural way. Not a natural way where I love you because you agree with me, but a supernatural way where I love you and people look at us and say, how? Because I know your background and I know your background. I know what you believe. I know what you believe. I know your politics. I know your politics. And how do y'all get along like that? And we say, because Christ controls us regardless of our politics. Christ controls us regardless of our differences. Christ controls us regardless of the things we like. And therefore, I am building my life on the firm foundation of Christ. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. So will you join me? Will you stand up and sing this song, Build My Life, knowing that he's worthy? He's worthy. He's worthy of all the praise. He is the name above names. He is the king of kings. He died for you because you mattered to him. So now will you let go of your life because he matters to you? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Father, we thank you for this beautiful evening. Father, we thank you for the access to the things that make for peace. Father, your regeneration, your reconciliation, your righteousness, Father, all of it is yours. And Father, though we were the ones who were in wrong with you, you were moved and motivated by your love for us that you emptied yourself from heaven and wrapped yourself in flesh so that you could live a perfect life that I couldn't and die on the cross for me, me, the chief among all sinners. And Father, when I think about that death, Father, when I think about that cross, it makes me want to praise your name. Father, it makes me want to shout hallelujah. Father, it makes me want to shout glory because I know, Father, that you love me, me individually despite my past. Despite my present and despite my future mistakes, Father, you died for it all and you said that you loved me. 
And you said that you didn't just want me to be justified, Father. You didn't just want me to be not guilty. You wanted me to be reconciled with you. Not just not guilty, but walking with you again in the cool of the day because you desire me, because you love me, Father. So it is for that reason, Father, that I praise your name. And tonight I die. I die with your son on Good Friday so that I can live for you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Give it up for God. Amen.